Good evening, America. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian You're Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Welcome to, not, to tonight's show. I have Rob Calburn coming on, who is the LP Mises Caucus representative running for state chair of Pennsylvania, coming up next on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. We have a special guest tonight, the man running for state chair for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, Rob Cabern. Without any further ado, let's bring him on. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Man, it's a uh, like we were talking before. It's been a long, long, long day. Uh, this is a long month for me, but you know what? It's all good. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Thank you for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, you're running for state chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, which is a huge deal, right? I mean, I make in my personal opinion, I think a lot of people feel this way. Pennsylvania has a ton of potential that's been shown that's playing out in the voters. What do you plan to do to make that state better, to make your party better affiliates voting all that? Well, you're, you're right. We are having a lot of success right here in Pennsylvania right now. Um, you know, I think we got somewhere between 150 or 170 people elected this year. Um, so we're, we're cruising. We're set up to have, uh, another, uh, uh, you know, record-breaking convention, uh, March 4th, 5th, and 6th. Last year, I think we had uh, 300 or so people registered. Uh, this year, I think they're, they're projecting five, maybe even 600 people. So, uh, you know, we're growing here in Pennsylvania. Um, a lot of people doing a lot of good work and uh, real happy to see what we've been doing. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, running for chair. A um, little bit about me. I'm an attorney in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm also, uh, attending school for economics, getting my graduate degree there. Um, and I'm wow. involved in the party in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, I'm the treasurer here in Allegheny County, which is where Pittsburgh is at. And then, uh, I also, uh, act on the state party board. I'm, uh, on the legal action committee and then media relations. So I got a little bit of involvement there and we're, we're, we're cruising and we're, we're, we're going in the right direction. Just, uh, time to get, get, get back to work here and, and see what we can do next year. Yeah, I mean that that that's incredible. I didn't know you were an attorney and you're seeking. What'd you say? Your master's degree? Yeah, yeah, in economics. Yeah, from the Mises Institute. Yeah. That's awesome, man. How's that going? Uh, difficult. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it is. I can imagine yeah. it is absolutely. Yeah. So, um, that that's pretty incredible that you're 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 an attorney and and expanding your uh academia uh in regards to that right like because i didn't know that so let's talk about that for a second how can you apply that academic 
or, or I was going to say academia, but academic knowledge and, and put that into use into advancing the state of Pennsylvania? Well, you know, uh, the the academic stuff is is helpful. You know, the economics is good for you know the the philosophical stuff. You know, when we're getting down to messaging and things right. like that. But I think my my experience as an attorney is actually a better fit for for what I'm going to do as chair. You know, I think that the chair role is a very misunderstood position. Uh, really, if you're doing it right, it, it's not a very glorious thing. It's really more like being mm. a hall monitor. Uh, you know, you're just kind of keeping people within bounds and and trying to have a a, a real efficient meeting. And I think that uh, if if I do my job right, you should uh, very rarely actually hear my name. Uh, all the attention should be on the good work of the people who are in their committees, in our candidates, in our in our local county affiliates. That's where all the attention should be. So I think that you know me bringing what I know about the rules of evidence in the courtroom, I can bring that into our into our uh, structure of the LPPA, uh, get things running nice and smoothly, so we can use this thing as like a good tool to move the liberty movement forward. And and give the attention to the people who really deserve it. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty amazing. You, and you're very young, or, or you look very. You got a baby face, like I, I think. Yeah, time's been good. Back a beer. Yeah, time's been good. Yeah, um, I'm a little yeah. bit older. I'm in my thirties, but uh, you know, I'll take it as okay. long as I can. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't look like you're in your thirties. Now, going back to what you just said is is something I wanted to talk about because um, it's very important that. We were properly staffed, and, and you know, I think one of the things that you said is you want to be able to delegate things to the to the staff and, right. and stop the uh, the you know you shouldn't be hashing things out at the board meeting. You right. want things to be delegated out properly. How do you plan to do that? Yeah, so we just uh, famously or infamously had a, a seven-hour uh, state party board meeting. Um, and that wasn't to, you know, any discredit to anybody. I think we just had a ton of business Seven to get to. Hour. Yeah. Yeah. We had Seven a lot of business hour. to get to. So what, you know, I think, uh, you know, here in Pennsylvania, uh, we don't really understand our rules of procedure. We use the Roberts rules like most people do. Um, right. but, but, uh, I think that, you know, a lot of people really misunderstand what those are all about, you know, how to get recognized, who's supposed to talk when you're supposed to talk. And I think if we just put a little bit of structure, if we teach our you know, board members a little bit about these rules, we're going to be able to do a lot better. But the best thing that we can do is get as much business out of the state board as possible. We got to be promoting our county affiliates and we got to be promoting our, our committees because this is really where the real work should be done. We shouldn't be hashing out everything that the, the party's trying to do at every board meeting. You know, right now, I think we have upwards of 47 counties recognized in Pennsylvania. And that's great. And uh, we have uh, we have 67 counties. so We could have up to 67 board members, but you don't want to have 67 people or even 47 people putting in their two cents on every single issue that comes up. We're never going to get things done. The more success that we have, the longer things are going to get drawn out. So we got to be putting things off into our committees, you know, staffing these with with the good people who want to do work. And these are the people who work together all month long. They should be hashing right. everything out. And then bringing it to us to the board for all, you know, any kind of maybe financial decisions or stuff that they can't do on their own. Then they ask us for, you know, simple, hey, this is what we need. Can we get a vote on it? You know, yes or no. And there we go. But we we really got to stop hashing these things out in our board meetings. We got to be promoting our committees. And then this is where we can be recognizing the good work that people do. You know, and, I, and obviously on paper and in philosophy, that's a phenomenal. That's exactly what we should all be doing 
when when you're involved in any sort of and make no mistake this i know you know this i'm, I'm just talking um this is a, like a business right yeah right and so it's important that things are delegated out and handled at the lowest level possible that may be my military veteran experience coming out but <laughs> you know handled at the lowest position possible and take care of all that now saying that that sounds great love it it is exactly how it should go but unfortunately there is a lot of toxicity and and infighting going on how mm. can you especially as a mises person help to to help to just bridge the gap at the least if not try to heal some of the wounds that we have going on. Yeah. Well, that is the big question, right? I think that's the biggest question anybody has Absolutely. when they hear somebody's associated with the Mises caucus. You know, I've, I've been saying this since I got involved with everything. Um, I think that the Mises caucus is just another arm of the same body of the libertarian party. And once people really understand what it is that the caucus is good at, you know, we should all just be working together in our own ways, the things that we're good at, the things that we like doing, and we should be working at it together. Once we understand that the Mises Caucus is just the, the greatest recruitment arm of the Libertarian Party, and, and we're, we're really creating culture and getting people excited, then we can move them right into the party and, and say, if you're in the caucus or not, you know, we're, we're bringing in more people than anybody else. And, and so I think that's a great thing. So if we bring them in through the Mises way, we move them into the party, get them involved. That's a, I think that's a great thing. But we, you know, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, um, you know, standoffish kind of behavior going on. We just this year instituted a maximum of how many people can be on committees. You know, committees is where we're supposed to be. Anybody who wants to volunteer, you should be getting in these committees, getting yeah. work done because there's, there's tons of tons of stuff to do. But you know, I think that. Uh, the old guard was afraid that that a lot of Mises people were coming in, and they were gonna they didn't know you know what we're about or what we're gonna do. So we in Pennsylvania we put a a, a limit on the amount of people who can be in committees, and I, I think that's that's you know just crazy. But one way you know I think we can really start up um, getting past this whole thing is by moving a lot of the stuff that the state party does uh, into our local county affiliates. This is where people are are acting you know face to face. And people are a lot more, you know, decent and civil with each other when when you're looking somebody in the face. Uh, um, so if, if if we as the state party, you know, focus on assisting our local county affiliates and building up their committees and in and kind of passing off of some of the stuff that we're doing into them, you know, we can we can be more of an advisory role and and have people who are on the ground dealing with each other. You know, making these decisions, and I think that'll take a lot of the bite out of the nastiness. Because um, when every time I'm in face to face with people here in Allegheny County in Pittsburgh, we have no issues. We have no, you know, Mises Caucus and any affiliation. We work great together. And I think I see that pretty much around the state too. So yeah. if we can move a lot of things over into these county affiliates where people are acting, you know, or in their communities with people that they're around face to face, you know, we I think we'll get a lot better behavior out of people and and have a lot more um unity that that everybody keeps uh so desperately wanting hmm <laughs> and you know i'm a look i will absolutely endorse what you just said because when you're face to face with people you know you got of course you got keyboard warriors right it's a lot easier right. to what i call them telephone testicles okay because <laughs> i deal with this i deal with this all the time i with the job that i do the these tenants will just berate 
the the management with emails and calls and emails to corporate and all this. But when we get face to face, things change because they don't have those telephone testicles anymore. They just shrink up and dissolve immediately. And so I think that's absolutely fantastic. And obviously, you know, I have to ask that question because it seems to be the number one freaking topic in the LP. And quite frankly, I'm not sure why, because we don't have time for this nonsense. And anybody that's listening, look, I'm not super pro Mises, and I'm definitely damn sure not anti-Mises. The reason that I got even in touch with Rob is because I've been in touch with Michael Heiss about how I can use the Mises Caucus on my my platform here where I'm Mm -hmm. at, because it's a deep red state. And and the recruiting that you're doing within that, I'm not trying to get off on the Mises Caucus, I'm just saying, but... (laughs) Look, we got to stop the fighting, but that's a great way of doing that. Getting people face to face and working it out bottom up people, bottom up getting in your local affiliates and working it out. And then Mm -hmm. if you need something from the state party, then you go in that direction. Right. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to go off on a rant right there. No, that was that absolutely that's exactly the point that I was getting at is that, you know, the the state board party here, we should be an advisory role. You know, if we got we should be helping these county affiliates build their their group of volunteers, build up their base of people who might want to run as candidates. You know, this is how we're gonna really, you know, take a run at some real positions here. We we had a lot of success last year through something called uh, the molten maneuver. We can get into that Correct. a bit later. Uh, but but we got to turn these into contested elections where we're getting, you know, uh, debates if possible. But, you know, we're getting newspaper coverage. We're getting, you know, uh, uh, on on the news channels. We, we got to turn these kind of things into into that type of mentality. And I think focusing on our local affiliates and building those up, that's where we're going to pull these candidates from. You know, we're, we're, if everybody's just sitting on a board meeting, who who are we talking to? Who are we out there finding? You know what I mean? We gotta we gotta yep. get the people active in their communities by by um, building up our county committees, building up issue coalitions that that we can work on with anybody, you know. And yep. and I think this way we're gonna find a good base of volunteers because if we're gonna run candidates, we gotta have volunteers. And then this is how we're also gonna find those those good candidates too, those people who who have that oratory ability who can go out there and and represent like we we really need them to. Yeah. Now, now let's go into the molten maneuver because uh, yeah, some things that you would you would text me and we wanted to talk about is something I'm a little uh, not concerned with, but uh, maybe confused. I don't think yeah. I'm confused, but I want you to flesh out a little bit more of what you're talking about when you say turn the molten maneuver elected officials into contested election campaigns. Is that meaning you want libertarians running against libertarians for that spot? No, no, no. So, so uh, the Moulton maneuver. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Doctor Chuck Moulton, he's here in uh, Pennsylvania with us. He, he's a fantastic uh, resource that we have. He came up with this strategy that that we've employed over the last two years, and that's how we got 150 elected libertarians this year. You know, I think we had 40 or so. We, I, I may be wrong on that number, but I think we went 40 from last year to uh, 150 this year. And what the Moulton maneuver does is it looks at local uh local elections to see any uh any offices that are being uh, uncontested that means there's no candidate running and we got ballot access here in pennsylvania so we're able to get 
candidates on that ballot. If there's nobody on the ballot, there's no Republican or Democrat, right. and there's just a Libertarian in that position, everybody just checks that box for Libertarian. And we were able to yep. get all of these people elected in positions that no one was running for. Christine, thank you. 176 elected. That's yep. that's so you know we we're, we we're really were on fire here. Thank you, Christine. Um, um, so we were able to get all of these people elected just by the fact that we got ballot access and we found places where no one was running. And now, you know, uh, that number right there, 176, that looks great on our newsletter. That looks great on our, our Facebook post. That looks we've, we've even had some uh, local news coverage on that. That is a big attention grabber. Now, a lot of these positions, they were lower positions. They're things that people weren't, uh, you know, seeking to run for. But that that doesn't take away from the fact that we got, you know, all of these people. I, th I think the next best state was like 16 elected libertarians. Right. So, so that number really does something. But in and of itself, it, it's it's a good it's a good uh, headline. But now we got to take that and we got to take the next step with it. We have to expand the amount of of um, uncontested elections we're getting next year. And we've got to take the people who got elected in uncontested elections and turn those into elected uh, positions. You know, these people can say, "Hey, I'm running in your, I'm running for uh, local uh, city council board, or I'm running for mayor. Right. I've been an elected, I'm already been elected official. Well, now let's 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 turn that cloud into a, a contested race where we can get some news coverage and get some messaging going and 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 I things like that." Um, but another way that we can grow this because it really is a great it's a great idea and it's a way to get. Uh, you know, some some people recognizing and some some viability in the minds of people that we're really having some success. But and I, I think another way we can turn this molten thing up is if we stop doing it at the board at the state level and bump this down into our county affiliates. Because last year, Jen Moore, our, our chair who's sitting right now, she did probably hundreds of hours of work with with Dr. Moulton, um, getting this thing going, finding, looking through every single county and local. Uh, elected, yep. um, uh, you know the 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 list of of candidates on. They did hundreds right. of hours of work, and they did a fantastic job. You saw how many people we got elected. But yeah. there's only so much work that, that can be done there. If we start training our local counties on how to look up this stuff for themselves, and we're just kind of the advisors again, you know, then we have hundreds of people across the state in their local areas who are who are getting involved with the party. They can they can take this lead action. They're the ones reaching out to these candidates, you know, and then they can bring them into their their local party. And then you know we can really grow this thing up. But if we if we keep doing it at the state level, I think we're going to be handcuffed in how much work we can actually do. Um, and, and, yeah. and no, uh, to no fault of Jen, you know, I think that was really the kind of role that she should be doing and she should be getting the credit for that, but it kind of took away from the chair role. And that's how we've ended up getting these longer meetings. Cause some of the business stuff is really getting bumped off so that people in our, in our executive committee can do these, these type of programs, which are great and need to be done. But again, that's what I very getting back to the first thing that I said, the chair is a real hall monitor role. It's a real, not glamorous type of thing. So, right. so I think that these people who have the passion for, for doing that stuff, they need to be in the committees and, and getting these things going. And then uh, let, let me be the, the nameless, faceless guy who, who runs the meeting uh, in an effective way so we can get things down from seven hours to, you know, hopefully under two. Yeah, yeah. at most two, right? So, um, so far, what I'm getting from you is um, just a lot of bottom-up work. And yes, so that's right. I, I do yeah. think that that's where we need to be. Like, yeah. it just seems to be that everything we talk about, you're right. wanting to make sure it happens bottom up. And yeah. that, that, that I 
wholeheartedly agree. I want to put this question up here because I already know the answer, but um, there's a, a lot of whatever around it. So I'm going to let you answer it, but I already know. Is the Mises Caucus transphobic? Uh, that's Audrey. She is a, a Mises Caucus member. Oh. <laughs> and, and she is a, a, a um, I, I'm not going to get into her business, but she's, she's fantastic. Uh, Audrey uh, can tell you herself that, no, we are not a transphobic uh, uh, organization. You know, uh, I think it was Christopher Hitchens who said, uh, you know, I, I love when they go to the ad hominem because it lets me know that, uh, that I'm winning. And right. I think that there's a lot exactly. of where this this nastiness is coming from about the Mises Caucus. Here's what I think happened. Uh, I think that the Mises Caucus came in hot and fast. We had a we had a real movement of people and and an identity behind what we were doing. But the people who were in the party at the time didn't understand what we were. They didn't know what we were about, and they they saw a bunch of young people getting excited, being a little loud from time to time, and they kind of got put on their guard. And and so I think that the caucus was was a, a question mark to a lot of people who were in the party for a long time, and that created some hostility. And then things ramped up from there. You know, they, they saw how uh, how hot and fast the Mises caucus was coming in, and they were kind of like, whoa, 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 let's put some brakes on this. And then it kind of as it's, you know got to some clashing. But that's where a lot of this nastiness I think came from. None of it, none of it is legitimate. All, uh, Audrey, I don't know if it's, uh, I, don't, I don't want to talk about your business, but I was just a trans woman in the Mises caucus. Oh, okay. So, so nice. There um, you go. <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty shut and closed case. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we're, you know, we, we get called misogynistic all the time, but we're, we're, uh, trying to get Angela McCardle in for national chair next year at the, yep. at the, at the convention. And if you don't know Angela, she is just a brutal libertarian. She is. Oh, amazing. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know Angela. I got her, man, we text. I, yeah. I'm sure I've had her on the show. So, Angela is somebody that's at yeah. Angela. Angela McCardle is a very, I don't want to get off on Angela, but <clears throat> very, <clears throat> excuse me, very strong. And uh, just uh, amazingly intelligent woman and leader. And yes. yeah, I, I would yeah. be glad to have her in whatever role or position that she's going to fulfill in this party yeah. and in this movement. She is an absolutely phenomenal asset. Yeah, she, she is brutal, man. She's going to she's gonna shake some things up in the right direction. Um, if I can, real fast, just because I was Go talking ahead. about Audrey, uh, I'd like to just, just let everybody know what she's been doing, man. She's got this thing going on in Philly called uh, Don't Tread on Philly. Um, you got to check this out. Uh, you can check it out on Facebook, but they've been getting news coverage, and this is the type of issue coalition stuff that we're talking about that we need to get going oh, on. Yeah, and, and I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. Is there a website? I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. Just, yeah. I'm going to put a banner up there to help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Don't Tread on Philly. I know there's a Facebook group. Um, I'm I'm not sure quite sure where the link is at. I bet I'm sure somebody can post it in there, but but the, yeah. um, they they are coming at these these mandates and these lockdowns and and the the vaccine uh, passports and stuff. They're coming at it hard, and and it's people like Audrey who we should be you know uh, putting in our newsletters every month and and really um, uh, you know putting the attention on there because these are the people that are doing the work. They they just were all over their their local news uh, for for the work that they did at their uh, mummers parade. It was it's fantastic. So go get, go check out what they're doing at Don't Tread on Philly, and that's all thanks to Audrey. That's absolutely freaking amazing. I 
COVID is my big thing, and there's many reasons yeah. for that. But um, I don't want to get off into that because I will go just absolutely buck wild. <laughs> I did want to uh, touch on something that you said a second ago because this is something that I've been a big advocate for. And so what I'm talking about here is building issue coalitions, okay? Yes. Now, the first time I, I already knew about this, but the first time that I saw it was really effective was actually somebody that's in the comments right now. And I don't know if he's still listening or not. And I've had him on the show. I it looks like he's being a bit contentious in the comments section, but that's okay. We need to send a companion. Uh, Sasha yeah. Cohen is somebody yeah. that I learned uh, who is absolutely uh, effective in issue coalitions where he got, I don't want to, I don't want to misstate it. So I won't even try, but he got some, some people that were definitely not on board with our ideology and then he was able to use that issue coalition because we're not going to, those people were going to 95% of everything we're not going to agree on, but he yeah. was able to take this one thing that we could agree on That's and it. then he made it work. And so let's, That's let's it. talk about that for a second. I Absolutely. hope you're still here, Sasha, uh, building yeah. coalitions with other groups on areas of common ground. Yes. Yes. Say, say what you will about Sasha Cohen, that, that, uh, that guy cares a whole hell of a lot about what he yeah. likes. And I, this is something that I think we should just do, not even just within our own party. This is something that we should do across the board. You know, if I don't care who you are, Fact. if we have an agreement, if we have the same interest on some, any area of common ground, let's get together and let's work on that. And let's bring some real change. Facts. Uh, Republican, Democrat, Green, apolitical, I don't care. If we can work together to to, to, to achieve a common goal, let's do it. Not only do we then you know, uh, increase our chances of succeeding, we're going to build up goodwill with people of other groups. And then we can have some dialogue and maybe build up some trust. And then we can talk to each yep. other. And, 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 and I think I don't see any, any downside of going down that road. So if we understand the role that issue coalitions can play, working with people on areas of common ground, no matter who they are, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to be able to take this a long, long way. But uh, aside from, from just the inherent nature of what these issue coalitions can do, I think that this is a way that we can really get into our communities and expand the, the libertarian party. Cause if, if, you know, we, we do the campaign thing and we get our volunteers and we go canvassing and we're knocking on doors and all that. But, you know, a lot of times people really don't like hearing about uh, the, the campaigns. It's so nasty anyway. But if we're coming to your door and we're saying like, hey, let's end no knock raids. Hey, let's decriminalize psychedelics in your area. Hey, let's let's uh, get some uh, Second Amendment sanctuary uh, legislation going. If we're coming and getting these people, if we're going into these communities and understanding where their minds are at and hitting their issues where they're like, and oh, by the way, we're the Libertarian Party. Now we're 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 building the 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 name recognition, getting issues uh, uh, addressed, and you know, building up some goodwill. And and we're, you know, if we're going to need volunteers for, if we're going to run a real campaign, we're going to need lots of these people. Right. We need to build up a base of these people, and we can do that through these regularly done issue coalition things. If we're always going out into the communities, getting people involved, now we have a, a you know a, a bank of volunteers on tap when we actually need them to right. run for a campaign. So these issue coalitions, man, don't don't underestimate the power of these issue coalitions because this is this yeah. is where the party needs to be looking at on, on a lot of their efforts. No, I, I could not agree more because I think that is incredibly so important because look, 
even okay so in, in, in a utopic perspective right the the countries ran by libert quote unquote ran by libertarians because it wouldn't be ran by libertarians it would just be monitored and and giving the aid that is needed by libertarians we wouldn't actually run the country we'll let yeah. you run it but in the sense in the idea that libertarians are running the country right that's not going to happen so <laughs> what we do have is republican and democrats running the country and you know what i talk to a lot of republicans every day and there's a lot of stuff that we agree on yeah. uh, in a big time and you know what i talk to a lot of democrats every day and there's a lot of stuff that we agree on in big time and so if we want to act, this is the point. This is where I think libertar- some libertarians, we need to put aside getting recognized and acknowledged for certain things that are happening or making the LP and libertarian candidates some nationally known name. Yeah. How about we take a single issue and then we work together within that community and then we fix that issue via law or, or you know, complete uh, abolishment of that yeah. law, right? Yeah. That that's so crucial to me. It's so important because what you're actually doing is affecting real change in the community, and we should not care yeah. who gets the credit. Amen, amen. I think there's something the Libertarian Party has missed for a long time is is the role of local nullification. If we understood how powerful some oh, of these man. nullification tools can be in our local communities, we can. If you just get a couple of key people elected in your district, if you got a sheriff, you wouldn't believe what you can stop from from happening. If you just have a sheriff elected, you can oh. you can refuse to allow. Uh, bad federal and state warrants to be served in your district if you got a good sheriff. If you got bo- uh, city council board members, you can you can legislate you know uh, uh, no knock raids and 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 uh, the, these drug yeah. laws right off of the books. You can get rid of them right in your communities. And this is this is where we're going to succeed as libertarians is getting to people in our communities, getting them and 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 having a real personal impact with them because. We're we're not gonna win, uh, 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 you know, some some federal or or statewide election and legislate freedom on down. We gotta build this up from the bottom. It's the only way that we're gonna survive. So once we once we change the minds in our communities, then we can look to the next level. But but the power that we can have through local nullification uh, mm. is is immense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just incredible, and yeah. and, and there's just. So much that we can do. And if we focused on our communities and, and put aside some of the, and I'm guilty of it too, right? I, I talk to, I talk to new people every day and I'm always dropping the libertarian party, right? Yeah. We want the, I want the credit. I want you to understand, right? I like, I've tweeted at Glenn Beck, uh, Stuford does America freaking yeah. All of the right wing pontificators. and like, Hey man, give us freaking credit. Stop telling everybody Joe Rogan was a, a Bernie bro, right? I get it. He supported Bernie in the primaries, but he was voted libertarian in the past two elections. Yeah. I say all that and say, you know, I, I'm super guilty of it too. But when it, when push comes to shove, if I can sit in front of, I don't care what mascot you wear. If I can talk to you and say, we agree on this and we need to make that change and we need to do it now. Then it shouldn't matter mm-hmm. where the credit goes. 
That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, I don't care who gets the credit for it. If we just get a little bit of the state off of our backs. So, Hey, (laughs) Uh, anybody who wants it, listen, I'll give it to you. Take the credit, but let's just, let's just get some work done, man. Let's, let's get some people realizing what the role of freedom in their lives can do. Cause that's how we're going to spread this thing, man. Freedom, like, like the great Ron Paul always said, man, freedom is a young idea and freedom is a, is a, is a unifying idea. If we can, if we can have some successes in these local areas and show people just how great that taste of freedom is, I think we're going to, I think we're going to be on the right track. Absolutely. And freedom is inherent. It's natural. It's not something that you you need to be taught. You understand it immensely understand it just as a toddler and a a dad of toddlers right now. I've got two of them in the house (laughs) and a teenager, right? It's inherent to your nature to be free. This is not something that we need to learn. You understand it from the gate. And so when we connect with people uh, on that level in our communities, then we can say, you know, uh, all right, let me get into a little bit of this real quick. You ask that once you make that connection and you ask them what it is that they are are dealing with and what what yeah. what they would like to be taken off their backs, then you can start to talk to them about, yeah. hey, look, yeah. this is what we can do to move forward. But we, yeah. we can't even get that far as long as we're number one, we're fighting each other inside the party. That yeah. has to stop. And it's always going to be there, right? But it can't be at the forefront. And then yeah. number two, we have to put the people as the priority and sh- and ask them, what are you dealing with? Meet them where they're at. What is it yeah. specifically that you're looking for? What is it that you're struggling with? And then we can have the conversation, even though we may disagree on 95, 95% of other things, it yeah. may be this one thing and we can work together and we can make it happen. Yeah, and you and you build that goodwill when you work together, man. At the very least, they might just be willing to hear you out on some of the other ideas. Right. But but this very thing that you're talking about, though, I think that that has been the issue with where this party has been held back for the last few years because we've had an identity crisis. We're gonna get a little libertarian philosophical here for one sec, but yeah, we've had an identity crisis here in in the party, and where I think it came from was. Uh, we've had we've had the the methodology for a long time to go and meeting people where they're at, getting them in on the issues that they are interested in, which is great. Yep. That's step number one. But we didn't take the second step of letting them know what the less what the rest of libertarianism is about. So when you bring in people from one side and the other, and you only told them about the things that they were interested in, and then they meet in the middle and they're like, "Wait a second, this isn't what you're." That's not libertarian. This isn't what I was told. We have a, an issue right. of identity when we didn't expose the whole rest of the message because we were so scared of somebody not coming in if they heard the whole thing, at, uh, you know, up front. I think this is. I think this is where the Mises Caucus is succeeding, is is and uh, uh, is bringing culture and identity to the Libertarian Party because we're not afraid. We're, we're we have this this most beautiful political philosophy. That's ever been devised by man sitting in our back pockets because we're too afraid to, to, um, you know, that we're going to offend one person. And then, well, we need to grab every person that we can because we're so small. So we can't lose just one. But now nah, we, we got to We got to let people know up front what this is about. The whole message of freedom. You, you don't just get one side or the other. You got to have the whole thing. And then once we understand what the identity of this thing is and we bring people in the right way and they're not being told, oh, this is what it is. But then finding out later 
oh, there's more to this. Wait, wait a second. I don't know if I'm into this. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I think we need to understand, our, you know, our own identity and, and not be afraid to state what we are and, and bring people in through that way because they're looking for radical change, man. They're looking for radical drastic change and, and we, we can, we can offer that to them. Yeah. I, and I wholeheartedly agree. I hear this all the time. Everybody's libertarian. They just don't know it. I disagree. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are inherently not, maybe not inherently, but they are uh, tremendously against libertarian values. But I would say that most people have at least an issue where they're libertarian. And I think that there's a lot of people that are overwhelmingly libertarian. And so I think it's very important is what you just said is that we have to make sure that we're finishing off the message. We can't just stop at a certain place. It needs to be, you know, we bring him in, we talk to him and we finish off the message. And I think that most people will agree with him. I got to ask you this question real quick from Aubrey Daniel. Um, she says, we've got the biggest conservative radio shows in Philly listening to us. Who are they listening to? I think that that's a, for Don't Tread on Philly. Don't Tread on Philly. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you gotta, if you haven't checked them out, you got to see what they're doing. It, it is incredible. Uh, Audrey is killing it. Uh, they've been they're all over the news. And, and like I said, we, we just had uh, another... <laughs> infamously uh in the lppa we had a, a a newsletter go out that was basically the smash piece on the mises caucus from front to back um we had all of these libertarians elected uh you know and we we have audrey and 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 a lot of people doing these great issues um and then we were filling up our 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 newsletter with with the uh, you know smash pieces you know we got to be highlighting nice. these people who are doing this good work and yeah. and and that's really where we got to be at. So I think we need a we need a whole uh, you know re re understanding of what we're doing here in Pennsylvania, what motivates people, and 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 we we need some leadership who who uh, who actively crosses that that divide line and reaches out. And uh, you know I I think you can ask a lot of people in the LPPA. I've been I, I reach my hand out at every opportunity that I can, and we got a lot of good people here. So I think we're on the right track, but. Um, but we we got to really really refocus on on things like these issues because this is this is the stuff that people love. I agree, I, I totally agree, and that's amazing that um, Audrey's been able to set that up yeah. and get that going. Now, now that major concern, make no mistake, y'all. You know, I, a lot of people get upset. I, I've seen crap in my comments about Republican ish show and this and that. I'm not a Republican, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, the point is, is that conservatism quote unquote in America, because that's just been all muddied and and nobody knows what that is really anymore, but that represents the vast majority of the country. So when we're talking about recruiting into the LP and that's, that's our goal. Our goal is for Liberty to win at the highest level and 100% cyclical around every issue. We want Liberty to be that focus. But you there's a lot of conservatives in America. Conservatives make up the majority of America. And so we have to get with those people. We have to talk to those people. So you can get mad about all you want. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is that I can guarantee you without even looking it up, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, I can guarantee you without even looking it up that these conservative talk shows dominate the radio. That's yeah. what the people are listening to. So we need to be 
able to talk and recruit to those people because they're they're all Republicans, they're all GOP, and we want them out of that. Whoop, my yeah, bad. Yeah. And um, yeah. we can get them out of that. Yeah. Well, with a little bit of with a little, little bit of love and compassion and a lot of patience, I think we can pull people from all sides into this thing. It, we we don't need people who are already libertarians coming to the party. They're already here. I mean, right. We need people who are not libertarians understanding just why this thing is better. So we need we need Democrats, we need Republicans, we need apolitical people, we need we need we need everyone. So yeah. let, let, we, if we have a little bit of compassion and a and a little bit of patience, I think we can pull people in from everywhere. Yep, yep, and I think you're spot on right there. And I think that we have a, a great advantage right now because there's a lot of people being quote unquote red pilled. I got I got yeah. pushed back from that on the left libertarians because we're not <laughs> red pilling people. I'm like, hold up now. That's a matrix reference. It has nothing yeah. to do with Republicans. It has everything to do with people waking up. It has nothing to do with conservatism or Republicans. Anyway, I have to uh, apparently I have to uh, elaborate on that or articulate that because there's certain people that don't understand the term red pilled. OK, yeah. there's a lot of people that are red pilled right now. They're waking up and we have an extraordinary opportunity right now to make a huge impact. And I think we will in 2022. And I think we will going across the board, but first we need to do exactly what we're talking about tonight and work bottom up. And yeah, so, yeah. um, as we, as we wrap this up, what kind of, uh, what else do you got to, uh, to tell us about what you want to do in PA? Well, I would, uh, like to get, uh, like to get, these these meetings down in, in time i'd like to to you know show as many people as possible just what us for here at the mises caucus have to offer which is hard work and and dedication mm. and and i'd like to to uh get back to it because there's a lot of stuff to be done <laughs> got a lot of work that's for sure as i alluded to at the beginning of our conversation you uh you have one of the big you're, you're running for the chair of probably the the number one attention state, yeah. I guess, if you discount, you know, some of the outliers like, you yeah. know, what New Hampshire, California is big and, and yeah. Texas is big. But I think I think a lot of you're right. A lot of spotlights on Pennsylvania right now. So it's our game to lose, man. We, we can show people just how Absolutely. good we can do or we can show them why the Libertarian Party is still just the same old Libertarian Party. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful of the first. And I think that we'll I think we'll get there. Yep. I think. Uh, Look, honestly, I, I personally believe that Pennsylvania will have the first. I think there may be other states as well, but I honestly believe uh, that Pennsylvania will have the first elected Congress person, which would be a Congresswoman, to you know, to the uh, to Washington D.C. with the uh, Liz Terwilliger. I really think oh, she's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I really, honestly, think she's going to yeah. win. So you've got your hands full. Um, I, I hope that you can, you know, present yourself the best as you can. I think you've been phenomenal tonight. I love both you Thank and you. Christine. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't sure, you know, and you and I had never talked prior to tonight, but yeah. I love the conversation. So I think that it, either one of y'all that wins PA, I think yeah. absolutely personally, personally, I believe that both of y'all really, yeah. really do want the best for the LP of PA. And so yeah. I wish both of you the best. I wish you the best right now because I, I shouldn't really be talking about Christine on this show. Sorry. Hey, man. Christine's so, one of the hardest working people in Pennsylvania. So there's no love lost there. Yeah. Yep. 
phenomenal, but I think you're exceptional as well. And, and either one of y'all that comes out on top, I truly believe that uh, y'all are working for the betterment of Pennsylvania and the LP. And again, I can't stress this enough for people watching. You have a totally, totally plateful because the entire libertarian world is looking at Pennsylvania because of the success that the success that y'all have had. And we expect and believe that y'all will continue that success and lead because make no mistake, you're leading, you're leading the LP all across the country on what you're doing right now. So I hope that the list will look for for Congress. Exactly. I hope the race goes well. I don't want any contention. I don't want any uh, drama from the people. It looks like it's just down to you and Christine and both of y'all are absolutely phenomenal. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, I, I thought this was absolutely extraordinary. I wish you the best and I will actually see you in less than a month. Excellent. You're going to be at the well, convention, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, and I just want to say thank you for having me. And I think you're right. I think no, either way, we're going to be in good hands here in Pennsylvania. So watch out. Pennsylvania's coming up. We're going to be doing big things next year. You ain't lying. There's going to be major things coming from Pennsylvania. And uh, y'all are just going to be fantastic working together. I truly believe that PA is kind of a launching pad of how we're all supposed to run. And this is just the start. This is just the start. We're moving. We're going. All gas, no brakes. Rob, you are the man. Thank you so much. I'll see you in PA. Right on. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Absolutely fantastic. I look. I got a love for. Uh, I got a lot of love for PA. Right. I've been there already for Liz to Willikers campaign. Absolutely amazing. Love Liz. I, based on just the demographics of the area and Liz's personality, Liz's hard work truly believe that she's going to make a major impact and win. Pennsylvania is just incredible. So if Rob takes it over, I think he's going to be a fantastic chair. Obviously he's he's very intelligent, very articulate, very smart, very driven. Wants the bottom up effort. If, if Christine wins the chair, you're talking about a massive heart, very intelligent, very articulate. And I truly believe that at the end of the day, after this race is over, those two will be working together to advance liberty, freedom, and just a better America starting in Pennsylvania because you guys are a launching pad. So thank you for tuning in. I love you very much. You know I love you very, very. Each and every one of you are so special. You're so amazing. I feel so blessed to be here. It's just incredible. I've said it time and time again. I'll keep saying it. I feel like this is an elected position. You could have put anybody up as a platform. You guys chose me, and that's enormous to me so just as important as it is for rob and christine to make sure that pennsylvania is doing the best and putting all gas no brakes on liberty in pennsylvania i feel the same way right here now i do have a special announcement that i am not going to make at this time that's what we call in the radio business a teaser i cannot make it at this time because i have not gotten an actual time confirmed yet but i was called today to ask and asked sorry to host uh spike cohen and somebody from canada about the canadian protests so please stay tuned and it may be sunday if we can pull it off and so that's going to be an amazing event with me spike cohen the man the judai is what i've called him the jewish master 
the dude, and uh, somebody, a representative from the Libertarian Party in British Columbia, which is in Canada, to talk about the truckers' protest. I'll drop you this little egg. It's supposed to be Sunday. That's all I have for right now. I'll check this last comment. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. Bonnie, Audrey. Oh, got more coming in. Bonnie, Audrey, Phoenix. Yes, 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 Spike. Love you guys. I love y'all so much. You have no idea. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're in Pennsylvania, I will see you in less than a month. If you're in Arkansas, I'll see you next weekend. Cannot wait. Cajun Libertarian. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel on Monday night with a special possibly on Sunday. I am out.